ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, it's With Paul Swan. Welcome into the Monday, July 29th edition of the show. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, and you can join the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone line. That's right, 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite whole true great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. Also, the show on Facebook by searching The Drive with Paul Swan. Now, today it's Monday. That means we're here at the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. And joining me, as he always does on Mondays, the former Young Thundering Herd quarterback, Dave Walsh. Where were you today, sir? You were absent. Doc Holliday was holding class. You were absent. I was coming down I-77. A weekend with family, two birthdays to celebrate, grandson and daughter. Then I came back today, hustled back to make it. Sorry I missed Doc, but I I have a funny feeling I have an idea of what he said. Because, you know, first off, is, I'm sure question one, what's it feel like being picked to win the East? And he goes, you don't win them on paper. <laughs> and then we'll go, we'll just build from there. We'll see. We'll, we'll okay. see if you're right. Okay. We'll find out a little bit later on. But I tell you what, as I told you when I walked in, it was so nice to see Green. Because my daughter lives just south of Cleveland. I'm sorry. I know. I know the Bengals and stuff like this. But, dude, I'm not even sure the Indians are on the radar in Cleveland right now with the Browns. And then coming down 77, they are ready for the Hall of Fame induction this weekend. Everything is up. The towers for the television. It's like a whole city unto itself, the Hall of Fame. I'm um, I'm all ready I, for it. I didn't it. see what you were my names on the on the agenda there. but No. No, so, it's not happening. But it's going to be – that will be rocking this weekend. If we get into a Hall of Fame, it will be different Hall of Fames. Yes. There, yes. there are possibilities for us. Yes. I'm not old enough yet. And Well, Dave, good luck. <laughs> good uh, luck, Dave. Thank you for playing <laughs> good PC luck. on that one, baby. Good luck. <laughs> Let's get everyone caught up. There are two things we got to get yes. into. First and all, more importantly than anything, we we got to give our, our condolences out to the family I of know. Chris Deaton. Former Marshall superstar passed away Saturday. And if you're not that familiar with Deaton, you're maybe a younger Herd fan. He was a member of the 1992 1AA National Championship team. Just shocking to hear yeah. that he passed away. He's a graduate of Johnson Central High School. He was an all-Southern Conference second teamer as a freshman and sophomore. Also earned first-team honors during his junior and senior seasons. Four-year record of 40-16 and 16 over his four seasons as a starter. And uh, don't forget... This guy was named an All-American in 1993. Right. He won the 1993 Jacobs Blocking Award as the top offensive lineman in the Southern Conference. Uh, Doc Holliday issued a statement. He said, saddened to hear that Marshall Hall of Famer Chris Deaton passed away. A team captain and national champion, Deaton was inducted in our Hall of Fame in 2015. Great person and player. There are a lot of heavy hearts in our football family today. And, and I think it's just shocking because yeah. here's a man who – is still, you would think, in the prime of his life and gone. I just mean, now passed away. I think I saw one of the posts on Facebook. There was a picture there of three linemen on the bench at a Marshall game. I think two of the three have passed away, Phil Ratliff and now Deaton. And it's just like, now, wait a minute. I mean, this is not right. I remember watching him play, and as I wrote on, I read a little note, I said, hey, if I were a quarterback or a running back, I felt good with him in front of me because I'm going to be on my feet. And if I'm, run, if I'm a running back, I've got room thanks to him and Chris. 
or, or Phil. They would give you the room to run. They'd protect you. And um, when they played ball, Paul, if you look at the numbers, they put some points on the board and racked up some yards. He was part of uh, one of those golden eras yeah. of Marshall football. Yeah, and, and now you think he's, he's not here anymore. It's hard. It's just what's going on. So our condolences yes. go out to Chris's family and uh, everyone who uh, you know is a part of his life. Yes. Our condolences go out to him. Uh, on a um, not as sad note, but still, if you're a young lady today hoping that you get a chance to compete in the Softball World Series and you're from Barbersville, uh, not a good day for you no. today. Barbersville's team, the girls' softball team, losing. North Carolina beats them 9-1, to one, and their summer is over. Yeah. They miss a chance to go to the Softball World Series. Was it one game short? Yep, that, this was it. This was the game to decide it. And I, and I talked to some people and said they, they ran into some pitching issues. And it caught up to him a little bit today. And I think the team that won put a big, like, six or seven up early on them. And then, Scored uh, seven runs top and, of the first and inning on like, them. it's like, they behind eight ball to start with. So, but, I mean, hey, great job by those girls. I know they're disappointed. They're disappointed. It's but, a, hey, all these teams out there, you came within one game of going to Portland and being on television. It's almost a once-in-a-lifetime event. Yeah. yeah, for a lot of people, it's a never – happened in their life event it may never happen again and if you for move some, on. some teams yeah they they have really good teams and they can compete and their young ladies or uh the, the boys and the uh, baseball side of things yeah they get an opportunity to compete but yeah for some of these young ladies they might not get to this point ever again and uh and softball now they'll grow up and they'll grow on and, and move on but this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, the, uh, you I know, mean, at this age, this is a pretty big deal at this moment. Yeah, you wake up this morning thinking, I am one win away from being in the World Series. Only I think they take eight teams. That was one of they were going to be one of eight teams to go to Portland. It's a big deal. Play. It would have been a big deal, and I'm sure they're crushed, but they'll they'll get over it. And the ones can come back, they'll do their best to get to Portland. And the ones that age-wise can't will move on and uh, make make uh, Herman, I think, at uh, Midland happy because they'll be coming in to play softball. And then. We find out this weekend that the Bengals already are starting off the season as the Bengals. What did they do? AJ Green what? tore in ligament. Did you not see that? I oh, let me let me catch you up then. Okay. Okay. I so at, I was at the other end of the state that you don't like, and where they're, they're, everything is fine right there. Football's great right now up there. Yeah. Right. AJ, so the oh Bengals are in Dayton. Here's the deal: hundredth year of NFL football, and of course. NFL wants them in Dayton because I believe the first football game was played in Dayton. Okay. They couldn't play exactly at the location the first game happened. But pretty close? Well, here's the problem. They couldn't play there because NFL was going to come in, turf the location. They ran into some issues where uh, they find out that, no, we can't disturb that area because uh, it's an Indian burial ground. So you can't go in and just turf it. Right. So they have to go, and they got to move. And you would think that they would be okay, but they go and play at Welcome Stadium, part of the NFL 100th anniversary celebration. Had to have them in Dayton. So they go to Welcome Stadium in Dayton. Turf isn't that good. Players were like – Is that the Dayton Flyers facility? This is, uh, this is where Dayton plays. Okay. And turf isn't that good. Turf is uh, – Slippery, some aged, of the, some, probably a little bit on the yeah. Aged some side. of the reports from the players talking on social and others, uh, other outlets, you know, weren't really sold on this field. Right. 
the Bengals okay it. The the Bengals, they go out, okay, they okay it. A.J. gets hurt, and he could be out six to eight weeks. Now, the Bengals are holding their cards a little closer to the vest than um, maybe um, what we would like. Yeah. Because yesterday there was sort of, eh, we don't know yet, but according to all reports, it seems like he's going to be at least uh, off the field for a few weeks. Could be longer, could be shorter. But I don't think he's going to be ready for the uh, season opener September 8th no. in Seattle. And the Bengals are going to play a majority of their first few games on the road. And that's a vital piece of your offense. That That's a big piece of your Mr. offense. Mr. Dalton's going like, where is he? Yeah, I have nobody to throw to all of a sudden. But here he is, first day of practice. You're in Dayton. Dayton on a 100 years of NFL football. Yeah. Let's celebrate. And, and A.J. Green being carted off. The Bengals continue the, to bingle. The staff, the staff probably went, one day, what's next? I would think they would have, ahead of time. Checked it out. Been a little bit more aggressive, saying, look, we – Okay, we're, to, but. we're just going to come out here. We're really not going to do camp out here. We're going to come out here, maybe do some warm-ups, work out a little bit, yeah. shake some hands, sign some footballs. We're not practicing on this. Yeah, meet their obligation, you know, what they want. Whatever, to yeah. Glad, go up and glad hand. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do. I mean, Dayton's not that far from Cincinnati, so if Bengals fans from Dayton want to come down right. – I mean, it's a lot closer than it is for me. Right. So if they want to just go on down. Interstate straight down. I mean, do something up there. But I wouldn't have, uh, if especially unless it was just, okay, we got to play here. we got to practice here. All right, this turf really isn't that good. I, I would have had an advanced crew out there, yeah. whatever. Because uh, I think you remember a few times when, uh, like, hockey exhibition games have been scheduled in an odd place and they go check out the ice. And they'll go, this is not right. And don't play. No. It's, it's dangerous. You, and they don't play. You put your most valuable assets out <laughs> there. You better make sure that everything is okay. Because it wasn't just AJ that was maybe voicing some concern. Other players had concern with the turf as well. Just like coach. Just, uh, hey, no. Now, of course, we're not talking like the Bengals have a super ultra-modern practice facility. Ever been to their practice facility? No. It's grass fields across the stadium under a bridge. That's what I say. Their training camp is there now, right? They don't yeah. go anywhere. They they're, stay right They're home. over on their grass fields. Yeah. Well, It's across the street. You can't see it from the, <laughs> from the, from the ground level here, yeah. street level, because they've got lots of bushes, bushes around, it, around it. But it's, it's practice fields under a bridge. All grass? I think so. Yeah. I think it's all grass, okay. I believe. That would even be a, if you're used to all the grass and all of a sudden going to I believe any it's kind of turf, it's going to be like. Whoa. I haven't been up there in a couple of years, yeah. so uh, I can't vouch for the the field conditions. It might be. I don't think it's turf though. I don't think I it's. Know. I don't think it's turf. But yeah, I mean they don't have an ultra modern practice facility to begin with. I mean there's a shed over there. Basically they <laughs> they cross the street and they bring everything over. Right. Everything they have either there or you know the guys are coming from Paul Brown across the street. And there's a cop there, obviously, right. uh, directing traffic. I mean, they're not just walking out there hoping no. for the best. I mean, there, there is some some order to it, but still, this isn't the um, this is the most ultra modern. But those field conditions are at least a lot better than what yeah, they yeah. were in Dayton. They know what they're walking into. Exactly. The but that has to be. I mean, I know mm, poor what he means to the Bengals and their yeah. offense. And now it's like you look out there and uh, he's not there. You can see some guys step up. So uh, we'll obviously follow that story. But right. When we come back from break, we're going to talk about Don Holiday. Today was um, sort of his State of the Union address. Really, it's just 
he gets together with the media, talks to us a little bit before camp opens up. You, know, you don't know, um, you know what you're going to get until you get there. And so we got it, and we'll share it with you right. when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan, the 2019 West Virginia Broadcasters Association Best Talk Show on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan and Dave Walsh with you at the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington for today's edition of The Drive. And don't forget, every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill, we've got two specials for you. $1.50 bottles and $2 call shots. That is every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. So it's Monday. That means one thing. You mentioned on the going into the break, Mr. Holiday. Doc Holiday, he's back. It's, hey, it's that time of year. It's it's Doc that Holiday time Mondays. Time of year. Now, we'll have a few weeks off between Doc Holiday Mondays. Okay. But here's sort of the – this is sort of the he precursor. probably gave you enough to stretch it out, but anyway. I mean <laughs> – I could have been lazy and just played 17 <laughs> minutes of 18 minutes of Doc talking to us. I yeah. could have done that, but no. No. Um, no, instead, I I, par- I I even omitted a couple of Doc Holiday things. Uh-oh. No, it was all good. <laughs> didn't, um, I didn't think that the, it was worth it. No. I, just, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was worth the stuff we already knew. Yeah. Plus, what, what you will hear is what you deem. Worthy. Yeah, what what this you is hear? What, this is what our here's what I deem want. worthy. Here's right. what I deem worthy. Okay, it's like somebody placed some player's name. I deem worthy. <laughs> I have, I have deemed this information what you should yes. know. All right, um, you you're gonna guess the first question. You think you know what the first question is, but before that, Doc of course gives us in a um, in a condensed form his excitement. Cut one, Gabriel, back in the station, and I'm going to holler out cuts because we're on location today. So cut one is Doc Holliday in his opening statement. I go. Here we go again, I guess, and uh, just uh, excited to get going. I know our kids uh, are looking forward to it as well. Um, had a great summer and uh, got challenging schedules, you all know, and got a lot of expectations and, and standards are extremely high, which is a good thing. That's the way it's supposed to be here at Marshall. So. Our kids understand along with those expectations because of responsibility to go to work every day. And if you look at that out-of-conference schedule, it looks like we're playing the best team in the MAC, picked to win the MAC. Ohio, you were picked, uh, Boise's picked to win the Mountain West, and Cincinnati's picked to win the uh, uh, Cincinnati slice. Central Florida's picked to win the AAC. So uh, as far as a group of five are concerned, those are, those are three of the teams we have to compete with, and we're playing all three of them. So it be a great challenge for us. But our, our kids understand our coaches. We've got to play them one at a time. Uh, go to work every day starting on Thursday and uh, get ready to go play. So uh, looking forward to it. And, of course, at the bottom of the Southern Conference uh, predicted standings, I believe it's VMI. Not to <laughs> <laughs> so you, you got three tough ones and you got VMI. Of your of your five non-league games, three of them are uh, with people picked to win their league. And another road game, is uh, their last home game is against one that you may have to beat to win your division. So it's it's not easy. But the non-leaguers are like, end of September could be a lot to be said for this football team. Yeah, we'll hear a little bit more on the schedule later on with Doc. But, all right, you're guessing what for the first question? Life, you have been picked as the, you know, Conference USA favorite in the East to win. And coaches, coach talk, whatever, coach speak, uh, you don't win games on paper. 
Coach Chuck just at the end of the season. We don't win games on paper and stuff like that. Okay, as you said earlier, it's not – It's predictability is one thing, but performance. we got to perform. This is Potential gets you nowhere. This is Dave Walsh trying to channel Doc <laughs> Holliday. Okay, first question. Almost. Okay. Uh, almost. Um, it was a question by Grant Trailer. All right. Uh, he wanted to talk about – and he's setting up the next question – he asked about what made that 2014 team so special with all that high expectation that they had to go through. Yeah. And here is cut two. Well, you had a quarterback that was extremely competitive. You know, I think that's where it all starts. And, uh, you know, fortunately for us, I think Isaiah has got the same type of competitiveness and tangibles that, uh, that Cato had. That's where it starts. And, you know, you had a lot of guys that just, uh, you know, loved to compete. Uh, I think they embraced that that expectation, but they did a great job of understanding that uh, you had to go to work and and it didn't. You know, I tell those guys all the time, potential gets you beat. You know, production wins games, and you got a lot of guys that got a lot of potential out there. But you know, I tell them all the time the story. If at the, end, at the beginning of the year last year, if you picked on who had the best players in 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 uh, in the basketball world, everybody probably would have picked Duke or Kentucky to win the championship. Neither one of them did. You know, I think they had four or five of the first six or eight players picked in the draft, and they didn't win it. So. You, know, you got to take that production or that potential. You got to turn it into production, and just such a fine line between winning and losing. And uh, you know, you just got to, you know, our our conference is so competitive from top to bottom now. You know, you look at FIU. Butch has done a great job there. FAU with, uh, you know, with Lane and and, our, and Southern Miss has done a great job. Just right on down the line, if you don't show up and play every week, you'll get beat. And uh, so, our conference is no different than our out of conference. So it's going to be a great challenge. You know, every every week when we get ready to go play. All right, so. Pretty much what you think you would say. Pretty much. And yeah. now the follow-up question, and this is cut three back in the station, Gabriel, is, again, from Grant. He was setting it up asking Doc, what have you seen to make you believe that this team, this edition of Thundering Herd football, has it with all the high expectations coming their way? I see a, I see a lot of I see some good players out there. You know, that's where it starts. And as I, I said, if my dad took the job, it's a personnel-driven game. I think we have good players. I think uh, – you know, if you look at our offensive line, they're back intact, you know, with the additions of a couple guys. And running backs are all back, quarterbacks back, uh, off, tight ends are all back, you know. And uh, so you get a couple of receivers that step up. I thought in the spring I felt good coming out of spring with some good young players. And, you know, we've made a couple of additions there. So we'll see how that goes. I think I like those guys. And, you know, we've been able to play great defense around here. Uh, I was fortunate to hire Brad. Happy to have Brad Lambert and uh, that defensive staff put together. So. Like our guys on defense, we've got to replace a couple people, but uh, starts at the corner position with both those guys being back, and then we work our way in. And I like our defensive front. You know, they're talented and uh, probably more depth than we've ever had. So, just got to put the pieces together and win the kicking game like we normally do. And if we do that, we got a chance. Pretty much standard yeah. Doc Holliday stuff right now. Yeah, like I said personnel driven. Two things: personnel driven starts with the quarterback. This time last year, we didn't know. This year, we do know. Not sure who's going to catch it after Obi, but the UK transfer, I'm sure, will step up. He knows what he's coming here for. Defense, Coach Lambert knows what they has because he played against them, so he knows what he's going to be coaching over there. A couple of players to produce and, and correct and fix and replace. But when you get your system in place, if A leaves, B steps up, and you never knew A was there. And that's Doc is getting to that point. So, as he said, the pieces are in place, and now it's up to them to produce on the field on Saturdays and a couple of Fridays. You mentioned it's quarterback-driven. You've got a quarterback who was inexperienced right. to a degree last year. He's now more experienced. He's able to 
do more. You hope he can. You know, the great thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. Right. And so he's had more experience. He's been able to go through the system more. And that's going to open it up for the offense to install more things. And we're going to go cut eight. Uh, here's Doc talking about Isaiah Green when he was asked about his experience and the ability to now install more in that playbook. Well, it's huge. I mean, number one, you know, he's that and another spring ball and, of course, all winter. And, you know, of course, summer, you know, you're allowed, you're allowed to spend a couple hours, uh, you know, a week with him in the summertime. So he's so much further ahead than what he was a year ago. And not just him, but, you know, you got the running backs that are back. You got tight ends are all back in place, all three of them. You know, offensive line back as far as protections and that type of thing are concerned. So you got Obi and Artie and a couple guys have played a lot there. But, uh, you know, having, you know, Tlee Keaton had an excellent spring. And we got some good, some older kids added to the mix that uh, sharp young guys have played a lot of football, so we'll see how it goes. But there's no question we should be a whole lot. I think you saw the growth of the offense, of his offense from from game one to the bowl game. You know, the bowl game, I think, showed a little bit about what, what, it, what can happen and hopefully he's got to take that next step from that bowl game and keep getting better. It's not what he knows, it's what our players know. You know, and that's, that's the important thing. I think Tim does a great job of, of doing, getting that done. So you got a guy comes in and – can't probably put everything in he wants no. right away. Yeah. One, he's the new guy. Two, the guys have got to learn what he's wanting out of them, and he's still got to make it work and still be Marshall football. Right. And then you got a young quarterback. So you've got your system trying to make it work at Marshall, trying to teach players, and then you got a young quarterback. And now you've been through it a year. It gets to open up a little bit. So what do you expect – from year one to year two for this offense. Well, you know, you mentioned, Doc mentioned, from game one to the bowl game, each week we saw a different Isaiah out there, except for when he was hurt. But when he came back, he seemed to recognize things better. He didn't force as much as, as maybe he did early, pulled it down, threw it away. I don't think we'll see him run the ball that much. But on the same, uh, on the flip side, talking to Coach Cramsey a couple times about that, he said, hey, he is much more familiar with what he's going to be seeing out there cover one two three and you know i think you'll see a lot better decision making this year by him faster decision making and enough weapons to if they exploit the right places burn some people get a cheap one get a big one but also boom 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 if they have to move it on the ground you know have to take 10 or 12 plays they can do that as well as someone who's played the quarterback position what's year one year two growth like what's the next step First off, when he came as a freshman, I'm sure it was a speed thing because in high school you play very well, but then all of a sudden you get to Marshall or anywhere, and you always hear guys say these your teammates or opponents are always bigger, stronger, and faster. And that's true. As a quarterback, you're used to a receiver doing certain things, and all of a sudden he gets there faster. A DB gets to his spot faster. So the, the speed of the game you have to learn. And then you're, you know, and then the, the, understand your coordinator is going to put you in positions to win. He'll give you certain keys to read, and it's up to you to read them. You know, X moves this way, you go here. He moves this way, you go here. And I think you'll see him doing that more so this year. You'll see him the snap of the ball. He won't hold it as long. It'll be gone. It'll be gone to the intended spot. And if spot A is not available, he'll have it down to choice two, choice three. That's why I've always thought Tony Peterson, when he was here, was one of the best I've ever seen because he could read the progressions. A, B, C, D, ball was gone. Doc was asked about what the next steps are for, for, for Green 
not only just in his performance, but his leadership. Here's Doc on those. Cut nine, Gabriel. I think the next step for him is, you know, I thought it happened towards the end of the year there is we got to get better in turnover ratio. We can't turn the ball over, you know, offensively early on. Uh, during, and he's a young player. I mean, you always go through, you know, growing pains. Any freshman from Chad, I think, went through growing pains. When he was a freshman, we sure did with Cato and, and now with this guy. But I thought he just matured as the season went along and continued to get better. And, you know, as far as his leadership skills, he's done a, he's done a great job this, uh, this summer. That quarterback position is all about intangibles. And he's got those, and he just has to and, – and I, I think the great thing about this team is, is, you know, Alex Thompson coming back is huge. I mean, that's what people – we're not talking a lot about him. But in today's world of the portal and everything we talked about early on, he'd be gone. You know, and I thought he'd be gone, to be honest. But he's, uh, he loves his place, and he's uh, all body in here. He wants to get his NBA here. And, and uh, so he's, he's a quarterback that uh, we have here that's going to help us that a lot of people in our league and everybody else would like to have. So we're fortunate to have both of them. Those are some good points. Right. He talks about the portal. Yeah, Alex could have been gone. And we're going to talk more about that when we continue with today's edition. We'll talk about the portal. Doc has his strong thoughts yes. on the portal. At the same time, though, he knows that I don't like it. I got to right. go use it. Yeah. I don't like the fact that players don't try to come through the adversity that has befell them and become better for it. Instead, they've got this easy out. Doc has some strong right. Opinions about it. So we'll talk about that, how he's used it. And of course, he brought up Alex Thompson. We're going to talk about Thompson and his role with Isaiah Green when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. Paul Swan, Dave Walsh with you at the Union Pub and Grill, where every Monday, $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots. It's every Monday here at 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. I'm Paul Swan with Dave Walsh, listening to The Drive. Also available on Apple Podcasts on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You can join the program by calling Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories, Dave. It is the original light beer. You can also join the program by following me on Twitter, at Paul Swan, and, of course, the show's on Facebook by searching The Drive with Paul Swan. And, of course, every Monday we're here at the Union Pub and Grill, and you know the two big reasons why. $1.50... Bottles, $2 call, call shots. That's it, Dave. You know it. And great service. Okay, that, service. that's yeah. three. Yeah. All right. And you know what? Today is kind of quiet in here well, compared to what normally is. Well, we'll just have to get louder, Dave. I know. We'll just have to get louder. Turn up to buy you. So, Doc Holliday, of course, um, every Monday during football seasons, eh, well, Tuesday. It's usually Tuesday, but, you know, he, he, yeah. he decided Monday was our day today. Okay. So, he might decide Wednesday's our day this year. I, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I, yeah, it could be Thursday. Doc might decide he wants to talk to us on Thursday. Yeah. So he gets a chance to uh, talk to us uh, once a week. And before camp begins, this is his um, this is his pre-camp special. Right. And we talked about a lot of things. And earlier, the question of the transfer portal came up and what that means to Marshall and how Doc has had to deal with it. But before we talk about Doc dealing with the transfer portal directly, 
He talks about the addition of Furman Silva. I mean, you've got the transfer portal out there. Right. Guys are going to leave. Guys are going to come in. And you get a guy coming in in Furman Silva, what's he going to mean to the team? Cut four, Gabriel. Cut four. Well, you know, it's, this transfer portal, the way it is, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I've, I've voiced my opinion on what I think about it, but, you know, we've had to jump into it. I mean, obviously, you know, we lost a couple guys, but we picked up a couple, maybe maybe a couple more here that show up here by Friday. So, you know, that, that being said, we have to, you know, I don't particularly like it, but we've gone in there and, and I like the additions that we've added because of it. So, Silva, got, Silva is a guy that's had, he's had a great summer here. You know, I liked everything I've seen about him. I like his leadership uh what he's done as far as leadership's concerned, he's, he's kind of he knew Couch from the get-go. They played together in high school, so he knew a lot of our players that were on our team, and uh, so he's fit in at this point. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But I like what I've seen this, uh, so far, and not just him, but uh, the two or three other guys we've had as well. So he's a good addition yeah. to the team. Doesn't like the transfer portal, but he's going to use it if it's available. Now. Doc had some interesting things to say. He said some interesting things already about the transfer yeah. portal. I mean, he's not whining about it. He's not complaining about it. He just, yeah, you ask him his opinion, he's going to tell you, hey, yeah. look, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. We'll use it. Yeah, if it's available, it's we'll use there. It. We're right. going to use it. I don't like it, right. but I'll use it. But just so uh, we're clear, here's Doc's take. Cut five, Gabriel. Here's Doc's take on the transfer portal. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because. There's only 10% of those people that went into that portal ended up with scholarships. I mean, you can't believe the calls we're getting right now. I mean, the number of guys that are in that portal, and they're still going in, that there's just not enough room for all of them. And, you know, once that kid goes into that portal, their scholarship's gone where they are. And uh, so at the end of the day, I think after it cycles through for one year, you know, these kids all think they're going to get waivers, and they all think they're going to get scholarships because of the high-profile cases, the high states and the Miamis and all those things with Justin Fields and those guys. So. They don't totally understand it. And, uh, you know, like I say, the greatest thing this game teaches young kids is overcome adversity and fight through things. And, you know, I've had hundreds of, uh, hundreds of kids over the years I've been in this thing come to me wanting to quit and walk away and you know, hang in there and things will get, you know, they end up hanging in there and they walk out with a college degree and some of them an NFL contract. Things work out for them, you know. And I think we're, we're losing sight of that. You know, these kids right now, things get tough and they just get up and leave. And I think that's a bad message. I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, when it all s- sorts out, I mean, how many of them aren't going to graduate because of transfers and how many are going to go there and not work out for them? You know, there's a reason it didn't work out where they are. If they go there, it's not going to be any different and doesn't work out there as well. So I think there's a lot. I think after one year, I think things may settle down a little bit, but right now it's just totally out of control. It's like the wild, wild west. And, you know, we were talking the other day, you got to keep X number of scholarships because you can't just take kids. And you got to have an offer and an initial to be able to take a graduate transfer or a undergraduate. So, you know, how many do you hold aside? I mean, how do you, how many do you not sign kids and have four? If, if we had four or five right now, we could take four or five more. You know, you know I'm not saying that's what you're going to do, but we just don't have them. So I think a lot of people are in the same boat, and I think you're feeling your way through this thing. And probably after one year, people have a better idea how it's going to affect their teams. True. On the, one, one time three, you'll find out. On the flip side, though, you give kids an opportunity to maybe correct in their mind a mistake, maybe right. – it isn't a good fit for them. There's that Obviously, possibility. Silva said FIU wasn't for him. The receiver for Kentucky said that wasn't for him because, hey, basically they run the ball. There's a wide receiver at UK who was window dressing. So FIU. Silva came from FIU. Yeah, but the other the UK transfer. Right. Well, FIU. Yeah, well, yeah, but for Silva, he um, 
He's been seen before. Yeah. Doc's, you know. He knows what he's getting. Yeah, Doc knows what he's getting because, you know, he, he's seen him at FIU. And, of course, also they were looking at him yeah. beforehand. Speaking of that, you mentioned Marquis Couch and Silva. Couch, they kind of have that um, they have that familiarity with each other. And it was asked of Doc, you know, does that help? Of course, there's been some guys that have come together, played together before. Yeah. And here's Doc's take on that as far as, you know, if um, – if this duo is anything like a <laughs> another famous duo. Duo. Cut nine. Cut no, check that. Cut six. Cut six. I hope they were successful as Cato and Schuler were. If they, both those pair, yeah, if they were, then we'll be in good shape defensively this year. But uh, I think it's good. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they know each other. They get along. And I think it's helped the transition of those kids. It's helped Silva having Couch here. You know, it's helped uh, Beckett having Yuli here. So. You know, they can, they can, you know, I think they can uh, push each other. And, you know, as he did in high school, you know, Silva was committed to us at one point and uh, ended up going to FIU. But, uh, you know, we knew a lot about the kid. And, uh, like I say, he's been excellent since he's been here. So, hope he plays like he did a year ago or a couple years ago at FIU. So, he's hoping it is, he's, he's well, he's hoping he gets right. what he saw at FIU <laughs> yeah. and what he thought he might have got if he could have got him originally. Right. And, and Doc is all about giving somebody a chance. I mean, they're here. You get a chance. You produce. You, you play. If not, you move to the back of the line. Prime example is they're talking about a running back, Brendan Knox, last year. We're going to Charlotte. Everybody's scrambling through the books. Who is this guy? They know who he is now. So it's all about an opportunity and the next man up. And that's what Doc's philosophy. Next man up, step up, produce, and all's right with the world. Yeah, so it's a big deal. You, you get a kid like that who – has a sit a year out. He's got an injury. Gets in the transfer portal. He leaves Miami. Comes to Huntington. Got a guy there that okay. You know what? I know this guy. Yeah. It helps a lot. Doc's pretty good about those Florida kids. Yeah, and then he mentioned uh, the other combo, Cato uh, and Schuler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it works out like that, then uh, bye bye me. Those Florida kids. Uh, yeah. Doc's known as a recruiter in Florida. Right. That's what I've heard. That That's the rumor going around. Florida, and some of them took a roundabout way to get here from Florida, but they're here. All right. When we come back, uh, we talked a little bit about Alex Thompson, how he is um, a guy who could have, well, I'm gone. Yeah. This isn't for me. I, it's I'm a portal. <laughs> I could have hit that portal. No. We'll talk about how important he is for Isaiah Green and, and what he thinks of Marshall through the eyes of Doc Holliday when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. One final time from the Union Pub and Grill on this Monday, Paul Swan and Dave Walsh with you at 1125 Fourth Avenue in Huntington. You can join the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Now, Dave, we've been covering Doc's press conference from earlier this afternoon. Now, this is pretty much everybody's undefeated. Yeah. Everybody's looking forward to the season. We're pretty much... Just like a preview, just, just, you know, a preview of what's going on here. Uh, it all changes day one of camp, day two of camp, oh, yeah. day three of camp. Everything changes. But a lot of the things we've been talking about, just, you know, getting ready for the season, additions to the team. And one guy we talked about earlier was Alex Thompson. And 
big reason that we're talking about him is he's a more experienced guy, right? Yeah. He's a veteran. He's played in a little bit more than yeah some situations that you know, Isaiah Green hasn't. Green was fresh as can be. Right. And the question was asked because earlier Doc talked about how important it was that a, a guy like Alex Thompson, who maybe he's not getting the playing time he, he wanted or thought he could get or was hoping for, has stuck with it. He's getting through the adversity. He's not putting his name in the transfer portal. On the flip side, you get to benefit from Alex Thompson and was asked, yeah, how important is this kid? How important is Alex for Isaiah Green and his development? Cut 10, Gabriel. Alex done Alex done a great job. They're such you know they're great friends. They, they, he supports they support each other and uh, you know Alex and him are constantly talking during the games during practice and it's just great to have an older guy there you know with Isaiah to help bring him along and you know he's like a coach on the field to the kid. And the kid has confidence in him and he has confidence in Isaiah and it's just it's fun to watch. You know in today's world of you know quarterbacks and leaving and all the selfishness that's out there. It's fun to watch those two work together and that's that's the way it used to be all the time and uh, those times have changed a little bit for here with these two guys it hasn't that's fun to watch and fun to see so doc's pretty excited that the fact he's got a couple of guys who they're helping each other out yeah. they've got each other's back they're playing like a team yeah. one guy's going to see the field more than the other but the other guy's rooting for that guy and maybe he'll see the field and maybe he'll see things that isaiah does you, you know yeah. what teammates do and doc knows that Alex is one play away from being number one. If something goes down with Isaiah, he has to call on the backup, and, and Alex goes in, and you'd have to feel pretty good about that. So uh, they'll help each other, feed off each other, make each other better, and, and, and that's what you want. Now, you mentioned earlier, and this leads me into our yeah. next cut. Cut 12, by the way, Gabriel. Get ready for that. Cut 12. Which one's this one now? This is about Obi Obiolo, and a lot of things are expected out of him this year. And he's a guy who has progressed. He has grown. And Doc was asked about how far he's progressed and how much he's grown. And he talks a little bit about Obi and some of the other players as well who have come through and grown and developed in this program. So cut 12, Doc on the growth of maybe one of our favorite targets this fall. I've been really happy with him. You know, he's he's a great kid. And, uh, you know, he showed last year he can play. You know, he's, he's a good player. And, and we're expecting a lot out of him from, from that perspective. And, you know, David Richardson's a guy that's played a lot of football as well. So he's an older guy that hadn't played for us, of course, but we're anxious. He's a tremendous kid as well. So we've got some older kids in that room that uh, that we like a lot. Joey Fields is another guy that's going to be a graduate guy that's played a lot of football. So we got three older guys that have played, and then we got some young talent that we think uh, are going to be players. I'm anxious to see Gamage and I'm see Caleb McMillan are two guys that were heavily, heavily recruited kids that uh, – They'll be there. They'll be playing for us to be out there on Thursday. So we're anxious to watch him. So he's excited. He's got weapons. He does have weapons. Right. He's got guys he can go to now. If the offense opens up and you got weapons out there, watch right. out. Because remember, Tyreek did quite a job. He graduated. Uh, he's probably still in an NFL camp somewhere. But right now, it's, it's on Obi's shoulders. The gentleman from UK, and uh, as Doc points it out, they welcome the challenge. They welcome the challenge, and the, and the young guys will learn from and push at the same time. Is it all on his shoulders, though? Is it all on his – is he the one, or you got some other toys out there? he got a lot of weapons, but and Obi's thinking might be like Tyree. I want the ball. I Get me the ball. I will get open, get me the ball, make things happen. You know, That attitude spills over to everybody else, and 
an opposing defense is going to look across and go like, we've got five guys we better account for or we're going to get hurt. Right. But which five? Are they going to be wide receivers or are they going to be running backs? Because I'll tell you what, Doc's sort of like a kid at Christmas when it comes to his running backs. Here's cut 11 on that excitement. Oh, yeah. There are. I'm anxious to see the young kids. You know, I'm anxious to see Pep along. Pep, uh, Pep who set out last year and Sykes, you know, who was a heavily recruited guy that we're excited about that both didn't play a year ago. And then we got some good, you know, we got, got, some, got some young guys as well coming in. So there's a lot of bodies in that room that are going to push each other, and, uh, and that's good. It's always good to have, have that competition. And those guys, they got to play special. That's the first thing they're going to the hear from me Thursday morning is you're going to play special teams, you're going to play running back. And all all of them, and you know, that's where we gain their trust. And you know, if, if they're good enough to play running back for us, they're sure as heck good enough to run down on the kickoff and go kickoff return, and you know, be a part of that special team unit, which is so important to us. And you know, that's where Knox got his feet wet. And you know, when his number was called there towards the end of the year, he was ready because of it. Sheldon Evans, you know, type of thing. So, you know, we got the, we got a lot of a lot of those guys, not just the running backs, but the receivers and, and, and a lot of those young players you know, have to help us in those areas on special teams, which they will. Dave's got to play special teams if he wants to be on this show. <laughs> That's right. I told him day one, look, buddy, <laughs> you're going to play special teams. You're going to carry my equipment. Yeah. You, you might get to talk. If you have two hands, yeah. left, right, let's run exactly. with it. Or in this case, walk with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's his big thing. Special teams, right. always. Doc is super consistent oh, when it comes you, to that. Look at the statistic board when it's all said and done every year. They're usually at the high uh, high end of it. Special teams and turnovers. I mean, last year, Doc would walk in. Four turnovers, we lost. One or less, we won. I mean, he'll tell you. There's a prescription to win, prescription to lose. Do you think Doc would be happier if football just consisted of special teams play? I don't know if he'd be happier. But you he, think he, because he loves he, special he, teams. He, he would start every game series with a smile knowing he's got somebody back there you think Miami of Ohio that year took two two kickoffs back punt return they cover well I still remember Joaquin Uly's hit last year and and I forget which game laid the guy out picked the ball up fumble what if Doc Holiday football consisted of you kick off (laughs) and the other team returns it and then wherever they're stopped at, they kick back off. Right. And then Marshall <laughs> takes it and tries it. And then you can try for a field goal yeah. you know, if you get in range. But you don't have offense and defense. You just have special yeah. teams. And it'll be Doc Holiday branded football. Yeah, almost like Beamer ball. It could be. Yeah. It, it could be Doc Holiday football here. But it's sort of like rugby. Right. Almost. But his numbers, as you mentioned, the numbers speak for themselves. Off, you know, kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return. They, they have the numbers. They go, they're going to cover it. And when the other team does the kicking, you better be able to cover it because they got somebody that can take it the distance because the 10 guys in front of them know their assignments. They take care of their assignments and whew, gone. Did you pay money? Would you pay real money to see just special teams play all day? Not all day, but I'll tell you what. <laughs> on the opening kickoff, it reminds me of the days of George when Coach Trump was here. You better be in your seat because, hey, opening kickoff, if, if, if it's – well, odds are Marshall's going to be kicking because if they ever win the toss, we know they're going to defer. But then again, that means you're going to lay somebody out. And if it's the third quarter kickoff, you better get back to your seat because whoever catches that ball could go to the house with it. Okay, we're going to try real quick to get this last. You know what? I'll hold it. Hold I'm, going to, I'm going to hold it for tomorrow, another day. I got more Doc Holiday. We'll hear a little bit more of that tomorrow. But uh, Doc's getting set. we got camp coming up. Fan day is going to be on Sunday, so chance for fans to go out and – Get autographs, right. photos, and everything that they love to do with these kids. And camp's beginning. That means uh, the start Judging of football. By, uh, what I heard today, 
we'll probably be at uh, the Joan on the first Saturday in, uh, in December for a championship game. He's painted that picture. That's what a lot of Herd fans are hoping for. Yes, I know. Will it be against North Texas, though? Everybody, that's uh, I, I've heard the two words. Two words, if you don't hear Marshall football, whatever, the other two words are Mason Fine, the quarterback in North Texas. That's all you hear about him is Mason Fine, Mason Fine, Mason Fine, North Texas. Well, that's the picture that's been set by right. at least the league. Yeah. North Texas, Marshall, is it going to be? It's up to North Texas now and Marshall to live up to what people are expecting of them. They said, hey, you, we think you're good enough to win. You just hope Prove it's in it. Huntington. You just Prove hope it. it's in Huntington. Yeah. Denton, no. We don't want to go no, to No, we don't want to go to Denton. <laughs> well, we can't go to Denton. No. We don't get to go to Denton. No. Maybe. Maybe. We start saving now. We'll have to pay for it ourselves. <laughs> Hey, Super saver. Hey, look, it's tough out here sometimes being a talk show host. I know. Even if you are on top of the list, it's still true. Very true. There's still some tough times. I need there. to cash in on that a little I know. bit more. I figure cash in in 2022. Okay. Your show originate on a certain Saturday from South Bend. Yeah, That's I'm just. What I'm waiting I'm for. I'm not gonna be. Um, I'm not gonna be in Huntington that day. I don't care if I have to <laughs> take a bus. I'll will be somewhere <laughs> in Northwest Indiana. You'll be somewhere here, probably. I'll be in South Bend. Let's just put it to you that way. We'll call it a day. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. For Dave Walsh, for Gabriel Sallers back in the studio, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.